to Inside the Huddle with former Gator QB Shane Matthews, WRUF Steve Russell, and the Hall of Famer, the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. The Gators have won the ball game on a bump. Inside the Huddle is brought to you by Crime Prevention Security Systems and Titan MRI. Now, let's head to the studio with Shane, Steve, and the HBC, Steve Spurrier, on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Hello and welcome to another edition of Inside the Huddle. We are live from Gainesville. However you are watching or listening to us, we appreciate you doing that. I'm Steve Russell alongside the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier, and the Gator QB, Shane Matthews. Dylan's our producer today, and we welcome you our next to last Inside the Huddle podcast. One today, and then we're going to take a little hiatus for the holiday and be back uh, on January 7th for our final one. But uh, a lot to talk about today and a lot to do. Uh, The early signing period begins uh, tomorrow. We can talk about some of the bowl matchups. But the first thing I want to talk about with you, Coach, you got to go back up to New York for the Heisman ceremony. Tell us how that went. You had a pretty unique opportunity uh, with the Heisman winner. Yeah, uh, Steve. For the last, uh, oh gosh, bunch of years, uh, especially since 1986, uh, when I was inducted to College Football Hall of Fame, they have their dinner on Tuesday night, and then the Heisman is uh, Saturday night and Sunday, so forth. Uh, so anyway, start with the Hall of Fame. Uh, Coach Denny Erickson from Miami, uh, we got him in, so he was inducted. Good to see him, his wife and kids, and so forth. And, and then also Jake Plummer, the quarterback at Arizona State. The Gators don't realize that he uh, took his team, Arizona State, down the field and scored against Ohio State uh, with about a minute and a half left, something like that, and looked like Arizona State was going to be national champs, and we're going to beat FSU in the Sugar Bowl to be number two in the country. But somehow or another, Ohio State came back, Eddie George, their tailback, and so forth, and scored with like 30 or 40 seconds, something like that, to knock Arizona State out of the national championship. They would have been the only undefeated team in the country. So good to see Jake. Got the chance to talk to him. First time I'd ever met him. And then the Heisman weekend, uh, Joe Burra, uh, of course, won it by landslide, I think the largest margin ever. And here's what's amazing. You know who had the largest margin before him? You can't guess it. No, I saw that. Troy Smith. Troy Smith from Ohio State. And Troy's going around introducing himself to everybody. I said, who are you now? (laughs) I mean, nobody knows Troy Harley. I think he only played one year or something in the NFL and sort of uh, forgotten about him. But he had a heck of a college career, Troy Smith. Uh, But I got a chance to sit next to Joe Burrow, realize a lot he and I have in common. He's the third child in the family, the baby boy and all that, played basketball, baseball, a lot like Shane and I. And then all of a sudden, gravitated into football sort of your last couple of years of high school and then went on and uh, gosh his journey is really unique uh he did originally commit to ohio state and uh, his dad uh, was the defensive coordinator at university of ohio where dwayne dixon coaches so knows him very well uh, but he went to nebraska so joe burrow tried to get nebraska to take him he wanted to go where you know his dad coached and and played and so forth and uh, they told him they didn't think he was good enough to play at Nebraska. So he searched around again and found LSU, found a home down there. And, of course, uh, the rest is history, what he's been uh, able to do for LSU. So it was neat. For some reason, they put him right next to me at the Heisman dinner, and there was plenty of time to talk because there was a lot of talking before they introduced him. 
uh, Reese Davis introduced every Heisman guy. We must have had about 25 of us there and, and so forth. So it was neat. And uh, Joe Burrow, he is a, he is a good player and a, a class act. And, of course, he made that statement about the poverty area in southern Ohio, and they've already raised over 300000 just people calling in, making donations. So he's a wonderful young man, and uh, I'm telling you this, I'm pulling for LSU, SEC team that's in that Final Four. Uh, they've got a good chance, but they got to really play well because those, uh, those other teams are very good also. You know, when you look at what Joe Burrow did too, um, whether you like LSU or whether you don't, thanking Ed Orgeron, you know, very emotional and making the speech, that was pretty cool of him too. Oh, there's no question. I thought his speech was outstanding. You know, he thanked every one of his linemen and, you know, multiple of all his skill guys around him. And, you know, quarterbacks, we get a lot of credit, but you got to have guys around you to help mm-hmm. you do your job. But, you know, the, the, whole, the whole story is great because, Steve, you know, even on our show mm-hmm. in the preseason, you know, there, everybody was talking about how LSU was going to change their offense. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I ain't buying it because Ed O is a defensive-minded coach, and they usually say they're going to do something, and they never do it. But his play from his junior year to this year, I don't know if I've ever seen a college player or any player do what he's done. It was phenomenal. You're exactly right, Shane. <clears throat> and I also got a chance to meet Joe Brady uh, the night of the Heisman. He came up. He and Ensminger, the co-offensive coordinators, I guess, at LSU. Uh, but anyway, last year at LSU, Joe Burrow threw, I think, 14 touchdowns. And uh, I don't know, a couple hundred yards game, something like that. This year, I think he's thrown 48, <laughs> from 14 to 48. And that's that's coaching mm-hmm. and uh, change. And, and, and I asked Joe, I said uh, – uh, Coach Brady came in last spring, and they put the offense in, so they worked on it all spring. And I guess you and your receivers and whoever, y'all, did it all summer. He said, we did it all summer long. And now they were ready to go once the season started. And, and again, the most impressive thing, they have not had that lousy game yet. And uh, all these LSU people, we're hoping we can go two more without that lousy game that sometimes hits teams uh, when you go through a long season. Joe Burrow asked the first time he saw the LSU offense, the old LSU offense, he said it was a train wreck. Uh, it's changed. That oh. train's on, back on the track, mm-hmm. uh, no question. Yep. Guys, I want to ask about this, too. Um, Florida has a player who's not going to play in the bowl game. Alabama has a couple of kids now who've announced they're not going to play in the bowl game. I think we're going to see more of this. Coach, I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, as a coach – do you respect the decision the players make here? Yeah, I think you have to respect it. Uh, but, I, I, of course, we never went through this uh, back when I was coaching. But I, I do really believe that the best thing, if a young man does choose to leave his team, uh, that he does not go to the bowl game. Uh, some Every coach has a different plan about it. Uh, but if he's if he's not with the team anymore, maybe it, it is time to go ahead and move on, which is okay, you know, just like a former player. But uh, I don't know. I think there's something about standing on the sideline and you're not playing and all your teammates are looking at you. You know, man, you ought to be out here with us. We've been through a lot together. So, uh, But they have a right to make that decision. We all understand that. But as the coach, I would say, hey, I understand. Shake his hand. Wish you the best. And uh, we're, we're going to be without you uh, on the bowl trip. How do you look at this, Shane? Well, I'm like, Coach, I mean, if you're going to be a first-round draft pick and – you know, C.J. Henderson is the only kid that we have that we know of that's not going to play, and I don't have a problem with it. He's got a chance to be a really good pro. Uh, obviously, the information they got back, he's going to be a first-round pick, and, and that's money you can never make again. So, uh, I have no problem with it. And, and you know, 
Grenard, some people have asked me, why do you think Grenard's playing? Well, I, I think he's enjoying his, his playing for the Gators, the whole experience, you know, being here one year. But I think he can enhance his his draft status probably too if he plays well in this game. But um, it's a tough decision, but I, I have no problem with some of these kids sitting out. Now, we've talked about too, Steve, if we were in the Final Four, I don't think C.J. Henderson's sitting out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, Steve, what were some of your best wins at South Carolina? And I said the three bowl games because when we beat Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, and then Wisconsin, if we don't beat those guys, we don't finish in the top ten. We don't win 11 games all those three years. So by doing that, South Carolina, first time in school history, top ten. And all the players, they leave, you know, for the rest of their life. Say, how'd you do? Hey, we were in the top ten my last couple of years or whatever. And so you got something to really be proud of. I'm glad you brought that point up, Coach, because um, yesterday um, in in doing sports scene, some people were calling and talking about, well, you know, Florida's got Virginia and – you know they're not. It's not a real sexy matchup and all of that. Did you ever have any problem motivating a team to get ready to play a bowl game? Well, sometimes uh, if you get a little complacent about it, you could. But not to me. It's uh, you know it's the biggest game of the year because uh, we got a chance to really finish in the top ten. If we go ten and three, we may not be in that top ten, and, and that's something to hang your hat on and go recruit with and so forth. But. Uh, Anyway, it, it's a huge game. It's a big game, and, and I think our players, they've been, we've been pretty good about getting ready for everybody, and uh, I really think we will this uh, coming uh, bowl game. All right, we're going to do something here because Coach is, uh, I, I tell you what, he comes ready. He gives us some different things to do, mm-hmm. and the first one we're going to do today is the Unexpected Team of the Year. It's brought to you by Campus USA Credit Union. Put some star power to work in your financial life with Campus USA Credit Union. Okay, Coach, you came Mm. up with this, so who is your Unexpected Team of the Year? Okay, I think it's a tie between Baylor and Minnesota, but I'll go ahead and uh, take Minnesota right now with uh, Row Your Boat coach up there, (laughs) P.J. Fleck. And they're going to the Outback Bowl, you know, and after they were – Named the team, uh, I think he got all of his players to sign a letter or something and say, man, we appreciate y'all inviting us down there. We're going to do our best to give you a heck of a bowl game and go from there. But also, I, you got to throw LSU in there. I mean, the beginning of the season, we're, everybody's talking Alabama and Alabama. And even when they played this year, I know Paul Feinbaum, our expert on <laughs> Southern college football, he picked <laughs> Alabama, Alabama. So LSU has done uh, the unexpected this year. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with Coach. I, I think uh, I, I'm glad to see Minnesota going to, you know, whether they were going to go to Orlando or Tampa. They're going to bring some people now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know when the last time they went to a decent bowl game was, but uh, you got to think those Gopher fans are going to be traveling to Tampa. They're going to enjoy the sunshine. Do you see the, what the weather is up there right now? <laughs> yeah, my father lives. Oh. My father lives there, Coach. Okay. Uh, I, I know uh, they are hurting, but they're used to it. Um, my, my team, not that Memphis, I, I don't know that anybody thought Memphis would be 12-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Mike Norvell did a great job. Now we'll see what he does at, at FSU. And I know, you know there's a lot of talk about you know, group of five and all that stuff. But look, I don't care if you're playing peewee ball. You go 12-1, and one, that's pretty good. And I don't, I'm not sure even the most diehard Memphis fan would have thought 12-1. Mm-hmm. and one. So that's my unexpected team. And you've got to give Baylor credit, too. You Gosh. Sure do. 
what are they, 11 2 right now? Yeah. And, and almost beat Oklahoma. It would have been a huge upset in the championship game. But uh, Oklahoma held on and, uh, and got it. And Oklahoma could be tough in this Final Four. We just got to wait and see. Uh, before I forget, um, two quarterbacks on either side of me here. Last night, Drew Brees breaks Peyton Manning's uh, all time touchdown pass record. Uh, the guy was phenomenal in that game last night. Here, you know, all these six fours that you, as you mentioned, coach, six four, six five, six six quarterbacks. Here, mm-hmm. little six foot Drew Brees, pretty darn good player, isn't he? Oh, he throws a beautiful pass, very catchable. Uh, I saw his interview this morning, and he was mad on the one pass he missed, and it was a swing pass. Everything downfield was on the money, hit 29 out of 30. So that's a pretty good night, I would say. But uh, he was sort of getting on himself. He said, I didn't set my feet correctly, and I threw it in the dirt on a little swing pass. But, yeah, Drew Brees, you know, it's funny how history plays out. Uh, Nick Saban always says that uh, Drew Brees, when he left San Diego, he was coming to the Miami Dolphins. And uh, for some reason, the uh, team – doctor in Miami said that shoulder he had operated on uh, probably is not going to allow him to be the same player he once was. And so they went and got another quarterback down at Miami. Didn't work out very well for him. And then two years later, Nick Saban went to uh, Alabama. So Drew Brees went to New Orleans after leaving San Diego. So that was uh, an interesting move that uh, a lot of history after that. What makes him so good, Shane? What what makes Brees so good throwing the ball? Well, accuracy is his best uh, attribute, in my opinion. Uh, he's smart. He understands. You know, he and Sean Payton, I mean, he's a, he's a coach on the field. But Sean Payton's a tremendous mm-hmm. schemer, play caller. That West Coast offense, whatever you want to call it, is perfect for him. But it's his accuracy. And coach says he throws a catchable ball. He, he's never had a great arm. He anticipates extremely well. But the accuracy, and I mean, 29 of 30 in an NFL game is ridiculous. It's hard to do that on air. And he doesn't stare him down like no. a lot of quarterbacks. No. Uh, Steve Young was talking about that. He said he's looking somewhere else to start with, and, uh, and then he throws it somewhere different. So, uh, yeah, he, kn- he knows how to get it out of his hand quickly and a uh, very catchable ball and, uh, shoot, just a, a beautiful passer. Hall of Famer, we are watching in Drew Brees. We'll take a break, come back. Lots more to come inside the huddle. Coach is going to drop a couple of plays later on in our Chalk Talk segment. Lots to look forward to. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Everyone is raving about Titan MRI. With the highest rated MRI facilities in town, Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville, and they'll help heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes, so you'll have plenty of time to get back to living a life pain-free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to refer you to Titan MRI or call them today at 672-6644. Hi, this is Steve Spurrier here, and I have some wonderful news for the Gator Nation. Our new restaurant, Spurrier's, is opening at Celebration Point in June of 2020. Spurrier's is going to be a restaurant to come to celebrate Gator victories, anniversaries, birthdays, whatever. There's no better place than Celebration Point in Gainesville. Spurrier is going to be one-of-a-kind restaurant with an exciting atmosphere and wonderful food. I'll see you at Celebration Point, where the Gators come to celebrate. I'm Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach, and I'm here to tell you I got the SUV that I drive from Davis. 
Yeah, Coach, the word is out, and everybody is loving what's going on at Davis Gainesville Chevrolet and Palm Chevrolet down in Ocala. I stopped by each of the dealerships last week and saw tremendous deals all over the place and also all over the place, orange and blue. What's that mean, Coach? If you bleed orange and blue... Davis is the place for you. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators. This is Jack Fine at Fine Farcash and Parla Piano. Have you been in a car accident or injured because of someone else's negligence? Let our local team of trial lawyers find justice for you. With more than 100 years of combined experience, our firm has the resources necessary to fight for people just like you. We go up against billion-dollar insurance companies every day to get you the compensation you deserve so you could focus on your recovery. Find Farkash and Parla Piano. When life changes, we're there. Offices, Gainesville. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Worry less for crime prevention security systems by preventing package theft with their doorbell camera. Contact them today at cpss.net. All right, welcome back. Um, time now to get uh, questions for the head ball coach, and you can submit your questions at questions at insidethehuddlehbc.com. Brian and Stewart, coach, says, what was the highlight of your week at the Heisman Award festivities? You kind of mentioned that a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's definitely uh, getting a chance to sit next to Joe Burrow and just talk to him a little bit uh, about football and life and family and all kind of things. And uh, so he's a wonderful young man. And uh, I tell you what, uh, so many people that were up there, we're all pulling for LSU and him in the in the championship uh, series that's getting ready to go. So uh, that's probably the highlight right there, getting a chance to know Joe Burrow and his family uh, pretty well. Also, um, Frankie in Pensacola. Yeah. Uh, Coach already answered the question about spending time with Joe Burrow. So Scott in Jacksonville. Uh, Coach, three of the four Heisman candidates didn't start their college careers with the teams they ended up delivering Heisman performances for. Is the transfer portal working the way it was intended? I think it is. I think it's just a new day in college football. And if a player signs with a school, like we've got National Signing Day coming up uh, tomorrow, uh, that doesn't mean he's going to end up there the rest of his uh, career. And, and there's so many reasons you can transfer and be eligible right away now. If something happens back at whatever, you can find some reason. They say, yeah, you're eligible. So you can pretty much take off and not have to sit out that year. Uh, so that's just uh, the life we're in. Uh, when you sign a player, you almost got to keep recruiting him <laughs> until his career is over. But, again, you can't baby the guys and you can't treat them, you know, like prima donnas. Uh, they got to be part of the team. And if they're not team-type guys, then it's okay to let them take off. Redmond in Orlando says, Coach, I've heard the bowl, bowl game performances are hard to predict because seniors are already uh, having their heads in the NFL draft and not giving their all to avoid injury. Is this true? And if so, how do you coach around it? Mm-hmm. Well, like we talked about earlier, Steve, it is true at some places and some individuals i was telling you how important bowl games are uh, to universities and schools if you win it you got a chance to finish in the top 10 in the country if you lose it uh, you may not and in fact uh, we're sort of in that situation right now we need to go 11-2 and ensure we're a top 10 team maybe even a top uh, five or six somewhere in there so uh, other teams uh, all those teams that are six and six 
Somebody's going to be a winner and somebody's going to be a loser. And I remember the last bowl game I coached in South Carolina, we were 6-6 six and six playing against Miami. So that was a huge win also. We didn't finish in the top ten or anything like that. Uh, but we, at least we were winners for the year, and, and, and Miami uh, was a loser that day, that's for sure. Uh, Bobby in Gainesville, Coach, your restaurant opening is only seven months away. Do you have any updates on the opening? Can't wait to enjoy my Spurrier burger with Warful fries. Yeah. I tell you what, I met with Freddie Weeby, sort of the general manager of the project, and uh, we got the drawings and the plans are, are coming right uh, on schedule. And uh, I think we've got the uh, operator. We're about ready to hire a chef. Uh, so things are moving right along. Uh, I think it's going to be called Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. So we'll have a gridiron grill out there for all the Gators to celebrate, hopefully, a bunch of Gator wins and championships and, and go from there. That's great. Alan in uh, Alamorada says the Gators have two weeks of holidays and other distractions. How do you keep everybody focused on the big bowl game this time of the year? I think uh, our coaches have done uh, the right thing. You let the guys get away. Get away for a week or so, and then uh, there's still plenty of time to really concentrate on the game plan and, uh, and and get ready for the bowl game. I don't think you can practice three weeks and have a game plan for three weeks and, uh, and then play the game. You want to do it in like a 10 to 11 day, a little bit more than during the regular season, but keep it as consistent uh, as you can in what you've done uh, prior to the bowl game. So I uh, thank Coach Mullen and the staff. Uh, we'll have the guys ready to really finish up correctly. Uh, see, Jason in Tampa. Coach, what do you think about FSU's pick for head coach? How long do you think it'll take him to turn the program around? Yeah, Mike Norvell is an excellent coach. Uh, I got a chance to meet him out at the Pebble Beach Coaches Classic. He comes to that, so he plays a little bit of golf with his group of guys. Uh, he's got an excellent track record. Uh, I think he'll do a very good job there. And the final one, Philip in Lauderdale. Rumor has it, Urban Meyer may be taking over as the head coach of the Redskins. If this is the case, <laughs> what advice would you give him going from college sports to the pros? Well, I wouldn't give him any advice. He knows how to coach. He's got a track record for that. Uh, if he does go to the Redskins, which I don't think he will, but if he does, he will get a lot better situation than I had. Uh, when I went there, uh, the owner wanted to be like Jerry Jones. He wanted to be the general manager and player development and all drafts and all kind of stuff. So I made uh, I, I wasn't smart enough to uh, to get a general manager to run the show, and that's what you got to have in pro football. The general manager and the head coach got to work side by side, and uh, the, the scouting department, player personnel, and all that you, you got to all be together. So anyway, if Urban does go pro, uh, he will run the show. He's not going to have anybody telling him what to do. I, I wasn't smart enough to do that. How many years ago was that, Shane? Oh, 17 or long so. Long time. A long time ago. Um, Coach, I, I want to ask a question here, piggybacking that. Is it How different is it coaching? Just is, is it any different coaching in the NFL than it is in college, just from the coaching mm -hmm. aspect of it? Uh, not really the coaching part. I don't think it's a huge difference. Now, some of these pro players, after they've maybe played a few years, some of them sort of think they know more than the coaches. And that can happen. Uh, but if the coach comes in there and is demanding and, and has a good plan for the players, if they don't want to accept it, then sometimes you got to tell those guys, we need to move on and get somebody else. you still got to have team spirit, team camaraderie, to be successful. And that's why Belichick in New England has been so good. 
they don't get the first pick. They get the last pick in the first round and go from there. So, but they mold their guys into disciplined players. They don't do stupid stuff. They don't beat themselves. And they know how to win. So uh, that's the kind of players you, you got to have to be very successful. All right. Question of the week brought to you by Davis Chevrolet, the official hometown automotive mm-hmm. partner of the Florida Gators. Real Gators drive Davis. We'll take a break and come back. Lots more. Coach has really good stuff this week. We're going to talk about the most disrespected team. Uh, lots more. His chalk talks coming up too. So stay with us inside the huddle. ESPN 98.1 FM 850 AM WRUF. Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras, and thermostats, crime prevention and security, and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net. The best Cuban coffee and cuisine north of Miami are located right here in town at Miapa Latin Cafe. Start your day with a delicious Cuban breakfast featuring beef and eggs, stuffed arepas, and their local favorite, cafe con leche. Or join them for lunch and enjoy a classic Cuban sandwich and one of their many freshly squeezed fruit juices and smoothies. And don't forget dinner, featuring their top dishes made with the most authentic ingredients, like arroz con pollo and ropa vieja. Located on 34th Street in Gainesville, US 441 in Alachua, and online at miapalatincafe.com. Miapa, a proud supporter of the Florida Gators. Hi, I'm Coach Steve Spurrier, and I am a member of the Campus USA Credit Union. The Gator Nation has been counting on Campus USA Credit Union for over 80 years. Campus supports the Gators and our community. Campus membership is open to all UF students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Come see why over 100,000 members, like me, count on Campus USA Credit Union. So put some star power to work in your financial life. Visit CampusCU.com and join today. Hi, I'm Mark Herman with Mark Herman Company Heating and Air. If you're a Gator fan, you know the phrase, in all kinds of weather. That can mean different things to different people. For example, when I was playing center for the Gator football team back in the early 80s, I loved hearing the crowd sing it. It meant they appreciated our hard work and were standing behind us, win or lose. Now as the owner of my own business, the meaning has changed. It means that my team and I stick behind our customers. So if you'd like to save money on your utility bill, give our team a call and see how much we can save you. 378-9422. The school year is back, and no one does after school like Okita America. Martial arts, academic tutoring, Spanish classes, art classes, science classes, sports programs, and free transportation. Okita America has classes for all ages to teach valuable life lessons and provide plenty of exercise. Starting at just $79 per week for after school, and as always, transportation is completely free. Okita America, located at 6900 Southwest Archer Road and online at okitaamerica.com. Hurry, sign up for after school at Okita America today before spots fill up. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. At Titan MRI, you'll visit the only locally owned and operated MRI imaging center in town. Call them up and start feeling better today. That's TitanMRI.com. Welcome back to Inside the Huddle. Coach, I, I want to ask, you know, Dan Mullen had a press conference yesterday, and, and he was asked this, and I'm sure you had to go through this. When, you know, when you're a good program, when you're a good team, other teams want to poach coaches. That's just, that's just nature of the beast. How did you go about that in terms of you know, teams looking at some of your coaches and, and what their decisions were in making them? Well, today's different <laughs> than it was 20 years ago. 
today the college coaches at the Power Five schools, they make uh, what the NFL coaches make. They're right there with them. Some of them make more than head coaches in the NFL. So that makes the jobs uh, equal financially or close to. And, uh, again, the head coach in college, he is in charge. He's like, like Dan Mullen said in the paper today. He's the general manager. He's the owner. He's the president. He, he, he directs the show. Uh, in the NFL, the head coach still has to be in charge of his team, but he's got other people doing their part. And uh, as we talked about earlier, the head coach, I've still never seen a really good NFL team unless the head coach was in charge of his team, his players, and so forth. I just think you have to have that as far as the leadership that's carried all the way down through the team. So, uh, yeah, Dan, maybe we'll get some calls. I don't know. But uh, I, I can assure you if everything equal like it is now, I would never left Florida to go to the NFL. But uh, it was just a lot different 20 years ago. All right, we're going to do – Coach has a bunch of these, and we're going to start with his most disrespected team. It's brought to you by Celebration mm-hmm. Point, where Gators come to celebrate. Mm-hmm. So, Coach, your most disrespected team. Well, i got to re- uh, agree with my buddy Dabo Sweeney at Clemson University. I-, I heard the other day on the radio, Steve and Shane, that – Clemson is going to be favored over Ohio State by two or three points, something like that. And that if Clemson goes ahead and beats them, they would be favored over LSU. Now, they're third in this thing, not first. They're third, but the gamblers, the odds makers, are trying to tell us Clemson's the best team. So uh, Dabo, maybe Dabo's right. He's being disrespected out there. So time will tell if it, if it all works out like that. Shane, I want to ask this because I, I think sometimes when, you know, outside looking in, we don't know anything about Clemson because we're sitting here, but they seem like a team that Dabo has set the tone. Urban used to do this. when you know when, If Florida was number one, Coach Meyer would find a way that his team was somehow the underdog. I get that sense with Clemson too, do you? Yeah, definitely, and I think a lot of it has to do it, – it's, it's kind of been easy for Dabo to get his team ready because they're playing in a conference where there's not a whole lot of competition, and I think they've heard that from all the national media people. But, uh, you know, they've what, won two of the last three national titles. Uh, they're extremely talented. I mean, they're, their skill guys are as good as anybody in America. So, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to beat Ohio State. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, but – he, he, he'll have no problem getting his team ready to play. And, and they're fresh going into the playoffs, it seems like. They've not had some difficult, tough games with guys getting hurt. We saw what happened to Georgia against LSU. They must have had eight or ten guys hurt, it seemed like, in that game. So they're fresh. Nobody's hurt. They're healthy. They're ready to go. But, uh, you know, all the coaches uh, are very similar nowadays, Steve. They're, they're all pretty dang smart. Vince Lombardi one time, one of his best quotes I loved, he said, as the head coach, you have to tell your team the opposite of what everybody else is telling them. If you're undefeated and these kids walk around campus, the students and everybody else are telling them they're the greatest in the world, patting them on the back, just loving them up. And uh, that's what Saban used to call that's rat poison to them because they'll start believing it. So the coach has to tell them the opposite. Now if your team's lost three or four in a row, they go around campus and everybody's telling them they're not worth a, a dog uh, or anything like that, then you have to tell them they're pretty good. We're better than this. Let's, now let's go prove it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, now we're going to do our Coach of the Year, uh, brought to you by Miapa Latin Cafe, the best Cuban coffee in Gator Country. There's a lot of guys who could get an honor here, Coach. Who's your Coach of the Year? Okay, yeah, I'm going strictly by the preseason 
uh, LSU was not in the top five or anything like that, and they have uh, sort of been unexpectedly the, the best in the SEC, no question about it. So you got to give Coach Ed Orgeron credit for hiring Joe Brady, the offensive coach. Uh, but Coach O is the head coach, and uh, I would give him definitely the, the coach of the year this year. I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Coach. Uh, you know, what Coach O has done, he's kind of – he really doesn't coach anything. He just – He's delegated all everybody to do their responsibility, and he's rallied the the LSU faithful. And you know, what he did with Joe Brady and and Joe Burrow has been outstanding. So I would go with him, but I'd also give Ryan Day a little bit of love too. I mean, mm-hmm. anytime you take over from a guy who's won multiple national titles like Urban, uh, that's that's tough. Uh, place to feel. I think Ryan Day would definitely win it if LSU had not uh, had the year they've had. So uh, I think he'd be the second choice of mine also. You stole mine, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Day. And here's why. I Just kind of what you said. It's whatever you want to call a legend or, you know, Urban Meyer, Vince Lombardi, Steve Spurrier, whoever, it's tough to live up to that. Now, he was on that staff. He helped recruit some of those kids. But to do what they have done this year under the pressure of you know what Urban Meyer had done there, I think speaks a lot for him. And remember, when Urban didn't coach, what was it, two or three games, Day came in there and was unbeaten. Mm-hmm. He kind of proved, I think, to everybody that, you know what, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And he's done a really I, good job. Well, i, I got to add another guy in there, Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. I think they have won four straight uh, Big 12 titles uh, since Lincoln Riley's been there. Four in a row. They haven't lost a game in December in, and since I think, 2014. I think they've been to the, the playoffs every year too, right? It seems like they have. seems like they yeah, have. Yeah, they've been to all of them. I had a chance to meet Jalen Hurts also. In fact, I sat with he and his parents at a dinner Friday, uh, Friday night up there. I'm sorry, Sunday night. And uh, Jalen has been in every Final Four. Wow. He was three at Alabama and now one at Oklahoma. He's played in all of them. Wow, yeah. that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, Coach, I also want to ask both of you this. As you look around the SEC now, now we, we don't know what's going to happen. There could be coaches that could leave for the NFL. We don't know that yet. But just what we've seen, um, Arkansas hires Georgia's offensive line coach. They hire Barry Odom as their defensive coordinator at Arkansas. We saw what FSU has done, what, what the Ole Miss has done with Lane Kiffin. Um, you look around the landscape of the SEC now, and you uh, let's start with the East. I, you know, Will Muschamp's done a, a nice job, but a, but an off year. Missouri has dropped. Is Tennessee now maybe you know because they always do well at the end because of where their schedule is. But might they be the next team in line behind Florida and Georgia now? Uh, I mean, I guess you can put them there because they. They ended the year better than any other teams in the East. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see with South Carolina hiring Mike Bobo as their offensive coordinator. Will Will let him call plays? You know, I think the Holinsky kid's a very talented young kid. I don't know who else they have coming back from the skill positions. But, you know, I, I still think it's just a two-team race in the East, Florida, Georgia. And we've definitely closed that gap. And, you know, we talked about it on our other show, Steve. That's the one game, and I think every fan base can look back and say, I wish we could play that game again. That was a game mm-hmm. where we didn't play our best or coach our best, and everything Georgia did clicked that day. 
Uh, they haven't played that mm. way the rest of the year. So I think it's Florida, Georgia, and the East. I think Jake Fromm was 26 of 30 that day. Is that correct? Something, Something like, like that. that. And yeah. he's, he's hitting about 50% on the year. So that was by far his best game. In the West, um, and you look at recruiting rankings, and you know we all know what that is. You know, Florida's right there. But I'll tell you how tough the SEC is. The other, it may have to even changed today. Florida, according to 24-7 Sports, was, had the number six recruiting class in 2020. It was the fourth best in the SEC. Fourth best. And they were number six nationally. A&M is up there. Steve, how much, how much now with Jimbo Fisher, and look, money's part of this from a fan base standpoint. I mean, he hadn't done all that well against top 25 teams, and this is going to be year three for him. So isn't this going to be a pretty big year for him at A&M next year? Well, I don't know how big a year. He's got a 10-year contract, yeah. something like that. So he's going to be there. So it's, a, it's another year of trying to get better, trying to beat LSU and Alabama, which is not all that easy to do, I guess, right now. And I think LSU is set to have a, at least a top ten, uh, maybe five or six. I'm not sure where they are. But, yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, when the recruiting rankings come out tomorrow or Thursday after the early signing day, you're still going to find the same top dogs up there, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and so forth. So, you know, we, we need to jump right next to them, which, uh, like I think you said, we're six or seven, something like that right now. And uh, if that, that should be pretty close, good enough. Georgia's getting to where they lose some guys here and there now. So uh, we got to beat Georgia, like we all know. When I came here in 1990 to win the SEC, we had to beat Georgia. I think we're sort of back to those days right now. Um, Shane, I want to ask about Lane Kiffin because, you know, you, you were born and raised in Mississippi, and you know how that rivalry is with Mississippi State. <clears throat> How much juice does he add to that rivalry, and how much juice does does Ole Miss get from his hire? Well, they're excited there. Uh, you know, Lane Lane likes to stir the pot. There's no question about it. He takes jabs at people. Uh, I think the the fan base is really really excited. I think he's a good football coach. I think he can really scheme. I think he calls plays very well. Uh, I think he recruits apparently pretty well. I would say that the, the the state now has shifted towards Ole Miss, even though he haven't played a game. I just think there's a lot of pressure on Joe Moorhead the way the season went in year one for him. Uh, but it's going to be interesting because you know Lane's going to take some shots at Mississippi State. Yeah. yeah, hiring him gives Ole Miss a name. And he is a good coach, like Shane uh, says. And I think he's probably matured now. Whatever little crap had happened along the way at Tennessee or wherever is out of his system now. And, and I think he's, he's ready to, to be a really good coach here at Ole Miss. So it'll be interesting once uh, recruiting uh, tomorrow and, and all that, see how Mississippi does against Mississippi State. Because if he starts getting the best kids in the state, uh, that's not real good for Mississippi State for sure. Coming up next, one of my favorite segments. I know it's a favorite of yours, too. Coach Spurrier will do chalk talk. He'll draw up some plays, explain what they are. That's coming up next inside the Huddle ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Crime Prevention Security Systems has provided security and life safety to families and businesses in Gainesville and surrounding areas since 1975. Their mobile app makes security and home automation easy to use and affordable. With fast access to lighting control, doorbell cameras, and thermostats, crime prevention is security and so much more. Contact them today, 352-376-1499 or cpss.net. 
Gators Dockside is your Gators Sports Headquarters. We've got the most games on the most screens, including our three huge projector screens. So rep your orange and blue, bring your friends, and join us for the best wings in town, as chosen by the Gainesville Suns People's Choice Awards. We're also serving up mouth-watering burgers, sandwiches, and salads. And don't forget about our daily two-for-one specials on select drafts, house wine, and liquor. Make Dockside your Gator Sports Headquarters and never miss a minute of the action. See you at Gators. Hi, this is Coach Spurrier here, and I have some great news for the Gator Nation. Our new restaurant, Spurrier's, is coming to Celebration Point in June of 2020. Spurrier's is going to be a restaurant to celebrate, and there's no better place for celebrations than Celebration Point in Gainesville. With prime premium destinations like Bass Pro Shop, Nike, Palmetto Moon, and Regal Cinemas, I am beyond thrilled to be a part of Celebration Point. Spurrier's is going to be a one-of-a-kind restaurant with an exciting atmosphere and amazing food. I'll see you at Celebration Point where the Gators go to celebrate. Hi, I'm Coach Steve Spurrier, and I am a member of the Campus USA Credit Union. The Gator Nation has been counting on Campus USA Credit Union for over 80 years. Campus supports the Gators and our community. Campus membership is open to all UF students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Come see why over 100,000 members, like me, count on Campus USA Credit Union. So put some star power to work in your financial life. Visit CampusCU.com and join today. The school year is back, and no one does after school like Okita America. Martial arts, academic tutoring, Spanish classes, art classes, science classes, sports programs, and free transportation. Okita America has classes for all ages to teach valuable life lessons and provide plenty of exercise. Starting at just $79 per week for after school, and as always, transportation is completely free. Okita America, located at 6900 Southwest Archer Road and online at okitaamerica.com. Hurry, sign up for after school at Okita America today before spots fill up. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Connect more with crime prevention security systems and easily view cameras at your home or business. Contact them today at cpss.net. As we always do this segment of the program, we're going to turn over to Coach for the Chalk Talk segment. Okay, Coach, it's you. Okay, I'm going to draw up the uh, play. We actually ran uh, the first game with the Orlando Apollos. Uh, we ran it in South Carolina and here at Florida some also. And a lot of people thought it looked like uh, the Philadelphia uh, Eagles, what they call the Philly Special. Uh, but it's a little different, although we do actually throw it to the quarterback. What we do, we get in a, sort of a tree, three wide receivers to the left, and the quarterback hands off like a sweep. And uh, we all block down, down inside and so forth, reach. Everything's going that way. All right, these guys, he's running upfield. And the wide receiver now, he goes 10 yards. I told him, you get 10 yards and then come belly back. So he runs it out here as fast as he can and then flips it to him. Okay, obviously over here, we got to fly across. We got to get this guy covering us. Safety should go with the action. Okay, now after the quarterback hands it off, First time we ran it uh, down there, Garrett, Garrett Gilbert just stood dead still like he was acting. I said, Garrett, that's not the right way. you got to act like you're running with the ball and then stop. So every time you hand off, the quarterback gives a little two or three, you know, and then he stops and looks back. So that's what he did uh, when we played the Atlanta Legends first game of the season. So he hands it off, stutters a little bit, and then just comes to a dead stop and then sneaks – this defensive end 
is in charge of kick, uh, covering the quarterback. So you got to be a good actor. Uh, and so during the game, we flipped it uh, to our wide receiver who made a nice pass uh, uh, to our quarterback, Garrett Gilbert, down there. Now, another way we used to throw this, and I think we hit it every time. People say, why don't more teams do that? I don't know, because they hit it every time. Uh, when our quarterback is under center, and we're throwing like a three-step pass, uh, and the back, uh, of course, is uh, in the backfield now. So we've got uh, like a slide left, nine double pass. He goes and blocks it in and sort of cuts right there. These guys do the same thing. Now he just jabs, and the quarterback throws the lateral back here. Throws the lateral, he comes to block him. He acts like he's going somewhere, and then the halfback, after he hits the ground, he gets up and sneaks down there. Uh, so that's another way of running. Fire it out here, and then get it back over in that corner. And uh, I've had that pass thrown against us, and, uh, and we've thrown it. And it, uh, it works most of the time anyway. Okay. All right. Let's slide back in here. Coach, I guess with a with any trick play, because you say it, it works a lot of times, mm -hmm. but I mean, I, I don't suppose you call that. I mean, over the course of a season, how how many times would you maybe call that? Couple, uh, once or twice, yeah. yeah. And you usually have to wait about five or six games. Uh, seems like your opponents watch your last three or four games, something like that. Uh, but every now and then, they'll sneak back and go back in history and find. Uh, in fact, New England, when they intercepted that pass against Seattle. Uh, one of their scouts and one of their coaches found that Seattle had thrown that a year ago or something, and, and their defensive back jumped the slant route and picked it off, and Seattle won the Super Bowl that year. But which, I'm, but I'm sorry, New England Yeah, won. but with, England. with trick plays, you know, a, a lot of fans, you know, they call our shows and can't believe you call that. But coaches, are con they, they, they believe in their, their trick plays because you practice them every day. You know, I don't. When we were here, and I don't know if you changed your practice schedule, Coach, but right after stretch, when we do team takeoff, running plays on air, we practiced our trick plays every day, and uh, they're just normal old plays to us. Yeah, you got to practice them every week, and then you you save them for hopefully the right moment and so forth. You know, you guys have both been play callers, and I don't know, Coach, how many plays you've come up with mm -hmm. in your career, but over the course of a season. What percentage of the plays you have get used? Is it, a, is it a pretty small number or is it a big number? Well, you try to use all of them at some point, although sometimes, uh, of course, we have the old hidden ball play. We used to close practice with that all the time, and then finally the defense, they, they knew what was coming. <laughs> uh, but we, we had a hidden ball play that we actually did not call this year with the uh, uh, Apollos. Uh, and I'm, well, I think we only used it once with uh, Chris Bilkey. Remember that, Shane? Mm -hmm. I think we ran it in the Sugar Bowl of 93. Uh, but the players always love it. It's a fun play. Uh, what we do, we get four guys in the backfield, and the quarterback, we all turn our back to the line of scrimmage. Every, all four guys, and they slide the ball up and down, and then they all take off, and nobody knows who's got the ball, uh, hopefully. And uh, so if I ever coach again, the hidden ball play is going to be used. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Shane, you need to put it in when you coach the next My time. coaching days are over too, Coach, I think. Oh, no. Maybe we can coach together somewhere. Yeah, who knows. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a break. A final segment coming up. And don't forget, uh, just uh, as a programming note, uh, we will have one more inside the huddle, but it'll be after the new year. Just mark the date down. It'll be on a Tuesday like this is, but it'll be January the 7th. 
We'll take a little break for the holiday. Our final Inside the Huddle with these two fine gentlemen here will be on January the 7th. So mark it down. We'll come back and wrap up today's Inside the Huddle on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Everyone is raving about Titan MRI. With the highest rated MRI facilities in town, Titan MRI is the place to go. Titan MRI is the only locally owned and operated MRI center in town. Joe and his staff have more than two decades of experience in Gainesville, and they'll help heal thousands of athletes in the local area. At Titan MRI, the average scan time is 10 to 15 minutes, so you'll have plenty of time to get back to living a life pain-free. Don't wait. Tell your doctor to refer you to Titan MRI or call them today at 672-6644. I'm Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach, and I'm here to tell you I got the SUV that I drive from Davis. Yeah, Coach, the word is out, and everybody is loving what's going on at Davis, Gainesville, Chevrolet, and Palm Chevrolet down in Ocala. I stopped by each of the dealerships last week and saw tremendous deals all over the place and also all over the place, orange and blue. What's that mean, Coach? If you bleed orange and blue, Davis is the place for you. Davis Automotive Group, the official hometown automotive partner of the Florida Gators. The best Cuban coffee and cuisine north of Miami are located right here in town at Miapa Latin Cafe. Start your day with a delicious Cuban breakfast featuring beef and eggs, stuffed arepas, and their local favorite, cafe con leche. Or join them for lunch and enjoy a classic Cuban sandwich and one of their many freshly squeezed fruit juices and smoothies. And don't forget dinner, featuring their top dishes made with the most authentic ingredients, like arroz con pollo and ropa vieja. Located on 34th Street in Gainesville, US 441 in Alachua, and online at MiapaLatinCafe.com. Miapa, a proud supporter of the Florida Gators. It's football season, and you know what that means. Endless circling to find a parking spot. Not if you're on two wheels. Gainesville Harley-Davidson has the ride for you, and their 2020 lineup is one that any Gator fan would stand up and cheer for. Check out Livewire, Harley's first electric bike with seamless throttle experience. No clutch to release, no gears to run through. You just twist and go. Get in the game at Gainesville Harley-Davidson. Go to GainesvilleHarley.com. Gators Dockside is your Gators Sports Headquarters. We've got the most games on the most screens, including our three huge projector screens. So rep your orange and blue, bring your friends, and join us for the best wings in town as chosen by the Gainesville Suns People's Choice Awards. We're also serving up mouth-watering burgers, sandwiches, and salads. And don't forget about our daily two-for-one specials on select drafts, house wine, and liquor. Make Dockside your Gator Sports headquarters and never miss a minute of the action. See you at Gators. Inside the Huddle with Shane Matthews, Steve Russell, and Steve Spurrier on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. At Titan MRI, no insurance is no problem. And Titan MRI has same-day scheduling available. So call them up today. Start feeling better. That's TitanMRI.com. We're going to end today by uh, looking at some of the bowl games uh, the SEC teams are in and, of course, uh, the big ones that are coming up. So, guys, let's go down the list here. And uh, the first one that I see, an SEC team, is Texas A&M against Oklahoma State in the Outdoors Texas Bowl. Who do you guys like? 
Well, I'm going to stick with the SEC there, although I think that's going to be a very entertaining game, and it would not surprise me if the Cowboys won, but I'm going to lean towards the Aggies. Mm -hmm. I tell you what, that's obviously a close one. Texas A&M, that would be a boost uh, if they could win it and and get to the offseason with that bowl win. And this could be one of the best bowl games because both teams would really love to win this. They they really do need to, maybe both of them just to finish ranked and so forth. So uh, I know Oklahoma State's got that great running back, don't they? That uh, is supposed to be very good. And uh, I I don't know. I I think I'm going to go on a limb and take Oklahoma State in this one. Okay. Mississippi State – and Louisville. Seems like they played this game, was it last year? Yeah. No, two years ago uh, in, in the Gator Bowl, I believe. Uh, Satterfield's done a tremendous job with Louisville. Gosh, this is a game I think Mississippi State has to win just from the fans not going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so who do you like? I'm going I'm to lean to the, the SEC Okay. Again. Even though I'm not real confident about that one. I can tell, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, is, it is a good one right there. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Mississippi State in this one also. But Louisville easily could win and so forth. Pretty even games, the first two. Kentucky, Virginia Tech. Well, I, I think this is the one game that the, the experts think the SEC is an underdog. And it has to be. But I, I'm not sure if Lynn Bowden Jr. is playing or not. If he's playing, I like the Wildcats. If he's not. They have no chance. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm gonna go with Kentucky and, and the the quarterback running back uh, and see if they can't find a way to scrape by Virginia Tech. All right, we're gonna run through these now. Minnesota and Auburn, I think, is a really, really good game. Yeah, it's gonna be entertaining, and you know, Minnesota's gonna bring a ton of people. Um, I'm just gonna go with the SEC athletes over the row the boaters. Um, but it, it should be fun to watch. Yeah, Auburn's more talented, uh, especially on defense, and, and I think their offense is coming around doing doing a lot better than they did early in the year. So, yeah, I'd pick Auburn also. Alabama has a history when they're not playing for something big to not do well in a bowl game. They've got Michigan. Who do you like? Wow, this, this is tough because I'm not sure if either team really wants to be playing. Um, I'm just going to go with the talent at Alabama. Um I, I just Harbaugh just doesn't do much for and me. And they can't Michigan can't get their seniors to play. How many, That's a good how point. many skipped the game last year? Three yeah, of them or something? So yeah, good uh, point. Yeah, Alabama, most of their players I think want to play in this one and try to go out and win her, so you gotta take Bama. Georgia Baylor. Well, this is another one. How is Georgia gonna be into the game? The last time well, they were at the Sugar Bowl last year mm-hmm. and got handed to them by Texas, so oh. Uh, I like Baylor here. I think Baylor may win this game. Now, I'm not sure is Baylor quarterback going to be ready to go in this game. Yeah, that's true. I forgot but about that. Georgia's got better talent. It's do it they would. do they show up? Yeah, Georgia's talent is so much better than Baylor. Somebody ought to do a recruiting rankings of the past four years where Baylor's ranked and where Georgia's ranked, and uh, Georgia would probably be number what two or three, and Baylor might be number thirty-three or thirty-eight. I'm not sure where they are. So you got. I'm gonna go with Georgia with the talent level they've got, and they were very disappointing in the Sugar Bowl last year. So maybe Kirby can get them to go this year. We got two minutes left, guys. Uh, three games to do. Florida, Virginia. I think we win handily. I think we win, and uh, hopefully handily, but uh, the Gators, uh, I think, will be ready to play. Close early, Florida pulls away. Um, Okay, Clemson, Ohio State. 
Clemson, Ohio State, that's going to be, to me, one of the maybe one of the best games of all time. Uh, I don't know how often two 13 and 0 teams have played in the history of college football. Shane, do you know when that happened? No, I Before? don't. I don't yeah, know. I don't. Can't Steve, think of do it. you know? Can't think of it. So it is going to be a heck of a game. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just sort of going to go with the odds maker and take Clemson. I, I like the Tigers. I think Dabo will have his team ready. I, I like the skill players a lot with ETN, Trevor Lawrence, the wide receivers. Ohio State has some too, but I like Clemson. Clemson's motivated. I like Clemson. And then Oklahoma, LSU. Uh, LSU, I'm going to take LSU. Uh, I I sort of hope they win it all. And not going to be easy. But uh, LSU, it it could be a close game. If Oklahoma is able to stay on the field with Jalen Hurts running the ball all over the place and maybe they make some fourth downs, uh, it it could be a a tough day or night there for LSU. But uh, I think Joe Burr and his guys will be ready to play. I like LSU. I think the biggest – for this game to stay close is, uh, as Coach said, Oklahoma's got to score and stay on the field, and Hurts can't turn it over. You know, he he's had a little turnover issues the last three or four games of the year. If he does that, they're in trouble. Back to a point Coach made. A team over the course of the year always seems to have a bad game. LSU hasn't had one yet. Let's hope they don't. I'm picking LSU. That's our Inside the Huddle for this week. Thanks to Dylan for producing. Guys, Merry Christmas to you. Great working with you. We'll be back with one more on uh, January the 7th. Yeah, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners out there. We've enjoyed this. We will see you later. less and connect more with crime prevention security systems. View cameras at your home or business or prevent package theft with their doorbell camera. Crime prevention provides security and life safety with affordable packages and an easy-to-use app that gives mobile control of your home or business. Get a text notification when the kids get home from school or be notified if you forgot to set the alarm when you left. You can even get a notification if you didn't close the garage door. For home or office, crime prevention can do it all. Contact your local team at Crime Prevention Security Systems. Winners are the best of the best in Gainesville and the Ethics and Business Award. Crime Prevention provides security and life safety with affordable packages and an easy-to-use app that gives mobile control of your home or business. For home or office, Crime Prevention can do it all. Winners are the best of the best in Gainesville and the Ethics and Business Award. Trust the team at Crime Prevention to secure your home, family, and business. They're large enough to serve you, small enough to care. It's intercepted by Florida. Touchdown! Thanks for listening to Inside the Huddle with former Gator QB Shane Matthews, WRUF's Steve Russell, and Hall of Famer, the head ball coach, Steve Spurrier. (laughs) 
If you'd like to ask Coach a question, email your questions to questions at insidethehuddlehbc.com. Podcasts are available at WRUF.com, the WRUF app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. What? Inside the Huddle is paid for by Weeby Marketing and produced by the... Don Levitard. You can't have fun when you're old? Stugats. Look at me. I'm having a ball. Balling it. This is the Don Levitard Show with the Stugats on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Insuring cars, homes, boats, motorcycles, RVs, and more at Progressive.com. Guest on the Dan Lepitard Show. Appear via the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. Here's your Sports Center update. The Chiefs have claimed Terrell Suggs off of waivers. Nice little addition there. Anytime there's a name. He has no idea that the Cardinals waived him because he wasn't doing much in Arizona. And uh... <laughs> T-Sizzle. Big name, though. Stugatz loves the name. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't? <laughs> who wouldn't want Suggs added into the playoffs? I would. I, yes, if I the teams who were interested in claiming him <laughs> off waivers were all teams that will be in the playoffs that can use one sack from him in a playoff game. <laughs> and, he can still give you that. Yes, I mean, he can. I believe he can. <laughs> I believe you're right, Stugatz. Brings leadership as leadership. well. Leadership. Yeah. Shipping it. <laughs> I think Dan's right. He brings that one sack. He brings one. All right, put it on the poll, Antonio. What does Terrell Suggs bring? Leadership or one sack in a playoff game? It will be a big sack. One important sack. Yes, one important sack. The Mavericks defeated the Bucks last night, 120 to 116. Milwaukee's winning streak was halted at 18. It was a great game. The Mavericks are the first team in NBA history to snap a single season win streak of 15 plus without its leading scorer. Dockage was out. And finally, a Dallas woman discovered her bank account had more than $37 million in it. Rush Balloon said she checked her account balance at Legacy Texas Bank and was shocked to see $37,203,337 in the account, and he called the bank. Legacy Texas Bank told the couple the money was the result of a clerical error and the mistake was corrected. And if you are thinking, why didn't she spend the money... Here's why you shouldn't. Benjamin Lavelle was sentenced to probation in 2010 when $5 million was mistakenly deposited into his bank account. He reportedly tried to work the situation out with his bank, but ended up spending a chunk of the funds on investments, gifts, and medical costs. Lavelle was originally charged with larceny, but pleaded guilty to a lesser charge as part of a deal with prosecutors. Probation? Uh, Worth it. Totally worth it. Put it on the poll, Antonio. The gift spree. Is it worth probation? <laughs> you wouldn't spend $5 million on whatever you want for the, probation? The gift spree with stolen bank money. Was it worth it? It wasn't stolen. Someone else put it there. That's not stealing. It just wasn't his. It is technically lawfully stealing. That's what larceny is. If you're being it's charged It's a mistake. With, no, exactly. And it's not his. Finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Right. That right. is not a legal term. It should be. <laughs> 
You call in the bank if you notice thirty-seven million in your account. Yes, you have to. You better. I mean, you wouldn't notice. You better. That's true. Yeah, really. <laughs> just another day. I mean, I just keep as loose as weepers. Does sound like a Florida statute, though. Sounds like that would happen in this state. For all the latest headlines and information, tune in the Sports Center on ESPN Radio all throughout the day. Billy, did you do the useless sound montage this week? Uh, okay, so how do you feel about what it is that you've put together here? <sighs> I did do the useless sound montage, and Dan, I'm glad that the season's over. Okay. Ending, yes. whatever. Yes, yes. It's, uh, you're on the cusp here. For those of you who do not know, Billy, uh, the reason this happens on Tuesday instead of Monday is just because there's so much useless sound. It's such a landfill of useless sound that Billy is spending time in all of these just awful coaches press conferences and all of these cliches. They just gather up. Who's the star of this week's useless sound montage? So I really like Perry Fuel, who is the uh, the, t- the interim coach of the Carolina Panthers. I like his voice. I like his name. Nothing great this week. I just kind of like him, but I feel like we're not going to hear from Perry Fuel much longer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get started. Yeah, obviously they're a great team. Uh, they have great players. They have a great coaching staff. They just do a hell of a job and great respect for them. But this game wasn't going to be about them. It was going to be about us. We're going to go out day by day and keep this process moving. I just think this team has a lot of heart, a lot of spirit. They got out to a fast start. We started slow. I think you benefit from all experiences in the NFL, good and bad. Ten wins is, is a, a good place to be, but there's a better place to be, and that would be 11 or 12. I think yeah. we're like 2-14 and 14 now against the NFC East, you know, which isn't a very good record. Every year is different. Last week was last week. Whatever happens, happens. Um, we just uh, got to be a little more opportunistic when we have opportunities. Every single opportunity represents a chance to do your best. It's made us uh, mentally calloused, and so no one cares about that, but that's what it does. That's really what it's all about. One game season, winning one game at a time. You know, we've got to finish strong. It's a two-game season. you got to get that first one to, to get the second one. I mean, there's a there's a time to breathe fire, and there have times when I do that after a loss, especially after a loss like this. Um, I was not breathing fire in there today. I think it's a testament to our culture. I think it's a testament to our organization, a testament to Coach Carroll. Just what the doctor ordered. Get you out of the whatever you're in. Who can you run to? Who can you trust? Camaraderie certainly is built stronger when you win. We had a lot of third downs, so I think just being better on first and second down. I don't look at the points, you know, as long as you have one more point than the other team. <laughs> that's part of the NFL, and everything goes your way. In this game, definitely, you know, there were some things that weren't great, but that's, that's football. That's the NFL, and, and if you can overcome adversity within a game, in the NFL like that, then you've got a chance. When you hit situations like that, it can go either north or south. You know, we chose to go north with it. I'm not a big guy on trying to forecast the future or anything. It's more try to handle what's right in front of you and and be the best you can every single day. My goal is to be the best decision maker I can be on every play. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. They got us the last time and they kicked our tail and they had a great game plan and we just got to come prepared each each day this week. We got bullied. You know, we, we did. Winning is the best deodorant. There's no question we needed to play our kind of game. You know, we fought. We have fought through adversity. We've hung in there. Like I said, all these you know, all these close games could have, should have, would have. We operate where we need to be when when these games become continue to get more and more important. When you see them passing the rock like that and everybody's hey, yeah. catching it, you just get overly excited for the offense. Man, it was a tough, hard-fought game, but we expected that. They're a rough-and-tumble outfit. We've got to tip our caps to those guys and congratulate them, um, not only on winning the game, but just blinking and making the significant plays and the significant moments. I mean, how, how fitting that you would ask that question, Paul, that of all those plays in that game, walking in here with Stretch, I said one idiot 
is going to ask me that question. <laughs> you just got to be able to turn the page, live in the next moment, um, take care of the next moment, and, and focus on the next task at hand. Like, okay, whether it's on the 20-yard line or the 11-yard line. Like, let's go back and talk about the game, Paul. <laughs> Wait a minute. Brable's got no time. <laughs> Tomlin, Tomlin uh, after losses, you don't get as much Tomlin, but I didn't understand Tomlinese. I thought blinking was, uh, was a bad thing to do, that you didn't want to blink. What was amazing, and hopefully we can isolate this sound, is Tomlin put all his greatest hits into one quote. <laughs> but, but help me, though, because one of the greatest hits I feel like I misunderstood. I think he said credit to them. They blinked. I thought blinking was a bad thing. Was blinking not a bad thing? We don't blink. You, you can't blink. You have to stare. You, you win a staring contest by and not let, blinking. And let's be clear. He tipped the cap. <laughs> All right, let's play that again, please. Just the Tomlin, nothing else, please. Game, but we expected that. They're a rough and tumble outfit. We've got to tip our caps to those guys and congratulate them, um, not only on winning the game, but just blinking and making the significant plays and the significant moments. Blinking, I don't... Confusing, uh, yeah. Someone right. help me you're out right. here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at a bit of a loss. Sometimes it's good to blink, Dan, and sometimes it's bad to blink. Um, put it on the poll, Antonio. If you're the team that blinks, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Billy, you can leave. Uh, go ahead and just leave. Show yourself <laughs> wow. out. Uh, thank you for all your help. Uh, <laughs> fundamentally useless. I want to get into something that Cody said earlier because I really do believe, I've been telling you this for a long time, the idea that the NFL shrouds itself in all this image-making to give itself off as something that's pure and noble. The idea that Greg Cody has been saying for so long, just parroting, repeating what the NFL says, that it's an honor and a privilege to play in the league. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, honestly, what are you talking about? What are they talking about? These bodies are it's all broken. It's a, well, it's an honor and a privilege to make any job in America that pays you a lot of money. Right. Yes. Sure. Uh, but that's about the hardest way possible to do it physically. Of course, it is. And that's why careers are so short. Because they're so lucrative that you really don't need to play more than five or ten years. You retire in your mid-30s as a young man, and, and unless you've squandered all your money, you're pretty well set for life. I call that a pretty good occupation. You're saying if you do it correctly, invest wisely, yes. you can have a five to ten year run, make enough money where you never have to work another day in your life. And Absolutely. therefore, it is a privilege to play in that league. Yes. And once you have earned that privilege, because it, Lord knows they've earned it, right? Right, yeah. You do not squander the opportunity. Of course. That's exactly what I mean. Well I don't know said. how many stars you think there are in the NFL, but the average career span is three years. Most of the guys playing in the league, the majority of guys, do not make the amount of money that can carry them across generations. The majority. You're, you're absolutely right, and we know it well in Miami where the Dolphins in the past week have signed 10 new players. They've turned over their active roster by 20% just in the last week. 90% uh, of the league is expendable. But the top 10%, and Josh Gordon had a chance to be in that top 10%, the top 10% do very well. But I, I really do want to get into this some more. Like, where did this start, and what do people mean by the idea that it's an honor and a privilege to play in that league specifically? Because I even would understand it if you would say it about baseball, where the contracts are guaranteed and it's union, unionized, and there is no salary cap. I understand why you would say that would be an honor and a privilege because look at that protection, the benefits, the amount of money that's guaranteed. 
But I would not say it about this sport. This sport and the fighting game are about as dirty as those things get. It's not nobility. It's you busting your body in order to make money. It's, it is male prostitution. It's using your body to make money. There's not nobility, honor, and privilege in that. But that's a lifestyle and an occupation that you chose. That, that's a sport that you've loved since you were six years old playing on the local Optimus team. But it's and not a game at that level. At that level, it's not this fun, fun game that you get to play all week. It's awful all week, and then on Sunday it hurts. Right. To me, the, the privilege factor applies to all professional sports. If, if you are a professional athlete, I think that every time I see golf, golfers are the most privileged of all that, athletes. They should, sure. that's, that's an honor and a privilege right. yes. to play golf. But I think of it the same for professional think, sports right, in you, general. All right, so is it an honor and a privilege to box? If that's what you choose to do, no, but is how it an much honor? Money? Is it is it an honor and a privilege? I'm talking about soaking the thing in nobility that's impure. Yes, it is an honor and a privilege. To box? If you look at Floyd, how much money Floyd Mayweather has made no, in his that's career? Just, that's just rich. That's not honor and privilege. That's just rich. That's just money. Well, and it's also because he's really good at the thing that he decided of to do. Of course he is. Right. But if you don't consider it a privilege for Floyd Mayweather... To get in a boxing ring and win, make thirty million dollars for one not, for, for a twenty minute that's, fight. That's not. Then an, we disagree. It's not an honor and a privilege. It's just a great paying job. This show ain't free. Time for some ads. I think people would say, "Hey, if I had the God given abilities to reach that level, to reach the NFL, to become Floyd Mayweather, if I had that kind of athletic ability, I would not squander the opportunity." That is a privilege yeah, to have that kind of athletic ability. And you could make an argument that professional boxers at Floyd Mayweather's level are the most privileged of all athletes for making thirty million dollars for twenty minutes. You work. have to be kidding me! No, in boxing, did you see how Ali died? I did. You saw yeah. how that ended, right? I sure did. Honor and a privilege. Honor and a privilege. That's for him to decide, not you. You think it was an honor and a privilege for Muhammad Ali to box for a living, have Parkinson's the last part of his life, and to be hated by America until he lost his well, ability I, to speak? I, I think that honor and a privilege. I, I Jesus, think that that's Christ. his decision to make. Okay, honor and a privilege. <laughs> but you're making it for him too. <laughs> honor and a privilege to die uh, from fists. Okay. <laughs> But we agree, golf, honor, and a privilege. That's right. I agree yes. with that. Yeah. Baseball, yeah. Yes, baseball yeah. as well. I agree with you. You looking to get into the best sporting <laughs> events? Get your tickets from Vivid Seats. Tell them, Stu got. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you crave to make things even better. Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. All you need to do is download the Vivid Seats app, purchase tickets, and start earning today. Head out to the biggest concerts, games, the hottest theater shows, and more. Enter promo code ESPN25 at checkout to get 10% off your next order. Escúchame, it is Dan on ESPN Radio. No matter what team or sport you love, connect with it all on Sirius XM. Hear ESPNU and more in your car, on your phone, and at home when you subscribe now with packages starting at $5 per month plus fees. Get closer to every major league with play-by-play, -play, expert analysis, and even fantasy sports coverage. Plus, ad-free music, comedy, entertainment, news, and more. Connect with what matters on SiriusXM. Visit SiriusXM.com slash listen ESPN to learn more and subscribe. Channel lineup varies by package. 
Hey, my friend's company spent three days cleaning up an email phishing attack that targeted several dozen employees. Yeah, if just one malicious email slips through, an attack can spread quickly and do serious damage. What if that happens to us? Don't worry. We have Barracuda Forensics and Incident Response. So we're good? Yes. With fast, automated response and remediation, all traces of the attack can be removed in less than five minutes. Wow, that's a relief. Protect your business at Barracuda.com. Barracuda, your journey secured.